0: Let me ask you a question: How many of you are, are intrigued by ghost stories? Now you don't have to raise your hand. Some of you might. You know, so if you're intrigued by ghost stories, do you, do you find yourself watching those YouTube videos of those you know creepy, you know ghost stories? You know, and and you you're just like um, you just want to know more about it. But this, some of you are like, hey, this this is really creepy. In fact. Pastor Frank, you, even just coming out with this lantern really creeps me out. And that's fine. Growing up, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my mom used to love haunted houses. And of course, that was back then where it wasn't was it so demonic, <laughs> right? It was more of like boo and grab you and all this kind of stuff and jump out from the corners. And, and you know the mazes, the dark mazes, and, and people would just grab your feet. and you know But my mom, she was hilarious. Uh, she, she was a little overweight. And she was so full of life and she, you know, kind of fit through those those uh, those mazes and 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 when she would be gra- she would be grabbed by the ankles from, from down below, she would try to run and push us, you know, out the other side. We'd push her. She said, No, no. But and I was like, Mom, why do you why do you keep uh, just doing this and 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 putting yourself in a situation? She says, I love it. It's so exhilarating, but it's so so scary as well. It's terrifying. As a kid growing up in church, I was often intrigued when the pastor uh, mentioned things like the Holy Ghost. And I would, growing up, I always thought that God was sort of the judging one, and Jesus was the the loving one, and the Holy Ghost was the, I don't know, (laughs) right? It was just, it's kind of there, like Holy Ghost, and may, you know, maybe the Holy Ghost was like the emotional one. Yeah? that's kind of what I figured out. Growing, growing up in a church that I grew up, it was kind of really emotional. When the Holy Ghost kind of touched people, it was like it was just really emotional. So maybe the Holy Ghost is the emotional one. You know, maybe that's the maybe the Holy Ghost when you hear the Journey song like "Open Arms," it makes you cry. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe that's what helps you. You know, to to tie into emotions, or it could be the Holy Ghost is is the voodoo one that you use on other people, <laughs> right? Or or maybe. The Holy Ghost is, I think oftentimes, the forgotten one, the forgotten one. But I think we can all agree that the Holy Ghost is definitely the mysterious one, mysterious one. I, I would always, again, be intrigued when the, when the, the pastor, as, as a child, talking about the Holy Ghost and, and how he's like, he's like, you know, it's good to have the Holy Ghost inside of you. And, and, and all the parents were, were good with that. I mean, they were all shaking their hands and saying, amen. And I wasn't good with that. I mean, it's like, I've seen poltergeists and aliens too. And it's not good for things to be inside of you, right? So the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is something that is like really weird, kind of kind of intriguing, but terrifying at the same time. When Jesus was on the earth, he talked about the Holy Ghost in very comforting ways, was it terrifying at all? Much of his three years of ministry was about preparing us for the Holy Ghost that was going to go after, come after him. If you read just the red letters in the Bible, he it, it talks a lot about the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you know, coming in that's going to be coming in after him and, and preparing us for what's going to come. He had three and a half years to do it, and he did it well. And it was kind of like when my kid's, were little and 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 I wanted them to kind of experience roller coaster rides, so before we go to Dollywood or Six Flags I'd kind of prepare them you know you're going to go up this you know this sort of incline, you know and it's going to hear a lot of these noise and you're going to go over the top and you're not going to be able to see you know but 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 it's there, trust me because you know you know people people live through theirs at least for, for the most part <laughs> and and so I would tell the kids this, and I'd try to prepare them for that and and yet yeah, it did help but but they were still exhilarating. It was exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. Like when they would get on the roller coaster ride and they would be screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, okay, this is a bad idea, right? <laughs> bad idea. And you get off and you look at him and I just make sure, he, you know, he or she's still breathing and everything's okay. And they don't have, you know, uh, psychological problems from this. And they look at me and I said, how was he? He goes, I love it. Let's do it again. And I'm like, really? That's kind of a wicked sort of sense of humor, but we prepare our, our kids for that, and Jesus prepared us for the Holy Ghost. You know, so what I want to do is I want you to pretend that you are a disciple. Pretend like you are a disciple. Now, I, I have a graphic on this, um, on this thing, I, I, I believe, and um, if I don't, that's fine. So it's a graphic of the Lord's Supper. Just, you've seen the picture of the, of the Lord's Supper where you had all the, you have Jesus in the middle and you have the other kind of disciples, you know, kind of around him and stuff. So and visualize that, that picture and just choose one of those disciples, right? Choose one of those disciples. But I want you to pretend like you are a disciple and you are following Jesus. You're following Jesus, and things are really, really good for you. In fact, your light inside of you is just glowing really, really strong. It's growing really, really strong. Things are really good. And so, but three and a half years ago, when things weren't good, it's almost like the lantern inside of you was, was pretty dim. And here's the reason why. As a child, again, you're a a Jewish disciple. As a child, you long to be a rabbi. Now, rabbis were like, they were like the really important people, like the super connected to God people. And these rabbis would, uh, would, Choose, and they would they would choose these uh, boys and girls, to, or, or boys, to, to be disciples, and they would grow them and they would train them. But but you you weren't chosen for one of these. In fact, you're probably a, a rabbi school dropout. And so, the thing that you really wanted to do, you you're not really doing right now. So, but you find yourself maybe you become a fisherman, or maybe a tax collector. Things just aren't so bright for you, until one day this Jesus that you've heard about comes to you and he tells you these simple words, follow me, follow me, you, follow me. You're talking to me? Maybe he comes up to the shore when you're pulling in the fish or pulling in the boats or cleaning off the nets, or maybe he's walking up to you and while you're in a tax collector booth, and he comes to you And says, you follow me. And so because of that, your light shines oh so bright. Because Jesus, guess what? Jesus is a rabbi. They called him rabbi. And so your light is shining oh so bright inside of you. And then you you think... Because of the miracles you've seen, because whether you spit on the ground or, and, and, and made mud and put it on someone's eyes and his, his blindness was healed, or maybe he healed the lame or, or cast demons out, you're thinking, okay, could, could he be, could he be the Messiah? For hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years, prophets have talked about the Messiah that would become, come and, and liberate them. And so your light is shining so bright. You're like, yes, he can be the Messiah. He has to be the Messiah. He is the one. And you are convinced. But then that same night as, as, uh, that he fed over the 5,000 people, he told you to get into a boat. And so you and your disciple friends that are following Jesus, remember your disciple, and, and he tells you to get into a boat. And so you get in the boat, and the storm comes. And it's coming, Raging. And you're in the middle of the storm, but Jesus is not there. So when Jesus, and you have this sort, of, this sort of picture, it's like when Jesus isn't there, there's not peace. When Jesus isn't there, there's not peace. But when he is there, there is peace. And guess what? You're in the middle of a storm, and Jesus isn't there. Except that you see this ghost walking on the water. And you're like, oh, this is great not, not only are we going to die, but this ghost is like going to, you know, snatch my soul or whatever. But then you realize, wait, hold on a second. That ghost looks really familiar. And as it approaches closer to you, you find out that it's Jesus. And Jesus comes and he, and he calms the storm. And you're like, yes. And then there was another boat ride where, where he tells you to get out into a boat and, and, and he's actually asleep. He's with you, but he's sleeping. And, and maybe he's sleeping down below, and the storm raises, rages on, and you, you have to wake him up, and Jesus comes in just simple words, peace, be still, and it's done. And then you're like, okay, if he can do that with a storm, he has got to be the Messiah. He's got to be the Messiah. Your light is burning so, so very bright. And then he takes you to an upper room. And he shares some very interesting things. He shares some very interesting things to you in this upper room. He tells you that he's going to lay down his life. And he's saying something like, He's going to somehow die. And then this conversation disturbs you a little bit because you believe the Messiah came to overthrow the Roman government and to set him up as a new king. The next morning, Jesus is arrested in the middle of the night, arrested, falsely accused, they beat him, they put him on a wooden cross. And it happened so fast. Jesus dies, and something inside of you dies. And so, what do you do now? Because remember, disciple, when Jesus was with you, there was peace. There was power. The presence of God Almighty was there. But now, and when he was, he was not with you, it did not have, you did not have that, those feelings. And so now he's gone forever. You will never see Jesus again. You'll never see Jesus again. That's what you're thinking. Never see him again. You are assured with Jesus beside you. But you are afraid when Jesus is away from you. But something happened three days later. Some ladies come running to your door. Because you are behind closed doors. Because the same people that... that accused Jesus and crucified him on the cross, guess what? They're looking for you now, you and your pals. And you're behind locked doors. And these ladies come running, and they knock on the door, and they bang on the door, and you gotta make sure it's him. And then they tell you, hey, Jesus isn't there. The stone has been rolled away. And immediately you think, okay, well, someone stole the body. That's great. Not only did I lo- we lose, you know, the Messiah, but now someone has taken his body. But two of your disciple friends, Peter and John, they they run over there and they check it out and Peter actually goes in there and he looks at it and he realizes, they both realize, okay, Jesus is not here. But the ladies try to convince you, no, 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 His body was stolen. We talked to some angels. They said he's risen from the dead. They're like, okay, whatever, you know. But then something amazing happened that night, that same night. Jesus appears in a room, that same room that you and the disciples are in. He appears in that room and and he brings peace. And in fact, he says these words, don't be afraid. Because remember, you were afraid when Jesus was not with you, but now he even says those words, don't be afraid. And you're not because he is here in the flesh. And, and you thought that, man, if there's ever a time for a movement to really happen, then today is the day. And because of that, your light is shining oh so bright. Your light is ready to shine because Jesus is with you. And he is here, and he's not going away and there 's not going to be any problems ever again, because think about this if jesus If Jesus can defeat death hell in the grave, imagine what he could do with the roman empire <laughs> that 's easy He defeated death, he rose from the dead, he can overcome the jew I mean, the, the roman empire you 've never felt more alive, but then you start going over your mind of the things Jesus told you. Way back when you guys were in the upper room at the what is called the Last Supper. At the Last Supper, you were reminded some of the things he shared. Let me share with you a little bit of those things. Look at John sixteen seven. We're gonna be in, in John sixteen and John fourteen a little bit today. But look at John sixteen seven. He says, But very truly I'll tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You thought, no. Every time you're away, it's never good. What are you talking about? Maybe it's that second or third day sort of death experience, that two or three day death experience in the grave you were talking about. But, but we won't doubt anymore, Jesus. We know. Even though you kind of recall what he was saying that back there, he's alive now, he's defeated, he's defeated death, hell, and the grave. You and other disciples are super prepared for Jesus, the Messiah, to, to overcome. The Roman Empire just to take off his robe and reveal the big M, you know, on his undergarment, and he's going to be the superhero. You think, while well, back to that same Last Supper. And you remember him saying that he's going to leave you. You think, how could it be possible? How can it be better that Jesus is leaving, especially now that he's back? In the upper room, he told you a lot of interesting things. You begin to recount these with the disciples. Go two chapters earlier. John 14. Look at John 14, 1 through 4. Jesus says these words, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going to there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going, you think going, going where? What are you talking about? You, you can't just you can't just stay there. And did Jesus just say we know the way? Did Jesus just say we know the way to where He's going? Thomas, ask Him what He's talking about. You know, doubting Thomas. So he, Thomas asked this in uh, in verse five. Thomas said to Him, Lord. We don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? So Jesus talks around this idea, but still you don't really fully understand. Then he looks at you and says this in verses, uh, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Okay, we're going to do greater things when you leave We've been part of great things over the past three and a half years. Why? Because you are here. (laughs) Jesus, hello. You are right here. That's why we've been doing some incredible things. This doesn't make sense. And then Jesus continues, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Another advocate? Why, why can't you be the advocate to Jesus? Why, why, why do we need to have a replacement? Why do we need to have a substitute teacher? Nobody likes the substitute teacher, right? What? Sorry if you're a substitute teacher. Why do we need someone when you can do an awesome job? Jesus keeps going, verse 26, jump to 26 to 27. But the Advocate, capital A, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. And he does. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So this confuses you even more because... When Jesus leaves, the peace leaves. Remember? When Jesus is away, the peace leaves. But when Jesus is there, the peace is there. Your primary question at this point is, how can you leave us with peace if you are the peace? Jesus just said, peace, I'll leave with you. I leave, and peace stays? That didn't make sense. That's never happened. How can... You, Jesus, how can you leave us with peace if you are the peace? Jesus shares more teaching. Look at verse uh, chapter 16, go back to that. Chapter 16, verse 7, we said earlier. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away, unless I go away, the advocate when I come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who could be better than Jesus at our side? Again, the disciples aren't, aren't understanding what's going on. And it's very clear as you read Scripture. He said he was going to send another, another something. How could he be better than Jesus himself? Jesus actually believed the Holy Ghost would be better than himself. Things are looking really good now. Jesus conquered the grave, and he's about to conquer Rome. He's appearing before hundreds of people over the next 40 days. So now you're back and and after the resurrection and you're with Jesus and he's defeated death, hell, and the grave. The light inside you is bright and it's shining strong. And Jesus brings you to the side of a mountain. You and all your friends, about 100 and something of you, 120, 140 of you. And then he tells you something very interesting. He says this, I'm about to leave you. I'm about to leave you. Then he says, go into the world and make disciples. Surely I will be with you. You think, how is Jesus going to be with me always if he's about to leave? And how is he going to be with all of us as we're scattered around the world? It just doesn't make sense. So Jesus leaves. He's gone, ascended into heaven. On all your friends, you just hang out for the next 10 days. You hang out together, you fellowship, and then you wait because that's just what you're supposed to do. Like Jesus said to wait, so that's what you're doing. Then something wonderful happens. This is the first Holy Ghost story. It starts at all. Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw that seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them and for the first time their life their life they got really really bright without Jesus standing beside them. For the first time in their life, their life was was really, really bright. They had peace. They had power. They had understanding. They walked in authority for the very first time in their life without Jesus. And they came to this logical conclusion. The Holy Ghost inside of them was better than the Jesus beside them. The Holy Ghost inside of them was better than the Jesus beside them. They noticed something different. The the Holy Ghost had placed the presence of Jesus inside each of them, making them new from the inside out. We see that evidence all throughout the New Testament. What was true 200 I mean, sorry, what was true 2,000 years ago is true today. The Holy Ghost inside of you is better than the Jesus beside you. Remember when Jesus said, "My peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you." What is presence inside you, you begin to feel peace. You begin to feel more bold in your faith. And the other benefits of the Spirit of the, uh, of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost living inside of you, we see this in Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two through twenty-three. Galatians 5, 22 through twenty-three is just also known as a fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Guess what? You don't just get one of these. You don't say, oh, what fruit am I? Hmm, what fruit am I? Am I peace? Am I love? Am I joy? No. If you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you get all of them. It's a fruit buffet, right? You get all of it. Now, there are times, oh, Frank, I don't, there are some days I don't walk with joy. Hey, that's, that's a, the flesh coming in. And we're gonna, over the next few weeks, We're going to be talking about this, and this series is going to take us, I know at least through the the month of October, and and, it might even go beyond. I'm just going to let the Holy Ghost kind of talk us through that. (laughs) But you don't get to just pick one of these. All of these is a fruit basket of the Holy Ghost, of, of those attributes that you can have The moment you place your faith in Jesus is the moment his presence dwells within you through the Holy Ghost that is very powerful. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. And guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to do something in you. He does. The Holy Ghost wants to bring back to life some of the dead things that were inside of you. Maybe your light inside is just dim, and it's almost to the point of just... Known life, whether it be in your relationships, in your marriage, because even, even in your walk with Christ, if, if you are a believer, even if you walk with Christ, it just sometimes just feels dead and boring. Let me tell you something. You should never feel bore, bored if the Holy Ghost is living inside of you. Now, I'm not saying that those times that you do feel bored, I'm not saying that you are intentionally sinning, no. But there are things, we're gonna learn about this over the next few weeks, there are things that we can do that will quench, that will cut off the power and the move and the peace of the Holy Ghost inside of you. It's happened to me before. There have been seasons where I'm like, man, I just, I'm just walking in some sort of funk, you know, or something. I just don't have joy And so there were things in my life, I had to walk through that. But our lives should be filled with power and joy that's unspeakable. Because the Holy Ghost lives inside of us when we accept Christ as our Savior. And it's not the Holy Ghost that's causing that power to to dwindle, for for that light to fade. That just, when you accept Christ, that, that light, that little flame is inside you. And it's there, and it'll always burn, because he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. If you truly accepted Christ as Savior, that, that spirit inside you will remain. It's the mark of what Jesus, God is going to see. It's a mark of you being a believer. But guess what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I want my flame to be like this. I want our flame as a church to be like that, big, bright, and small, big, not small, like this. You want more power, more of the Holy Ghost. Again, we're going to be talking about this. So who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? First of all, the Holy Ghost is a person. There's three things I'm going to share with you Then we'll be closing The Holy Ghost is a person. The Holy Ghost is not an it. It's not. The Holy Ghost is a person. In fact, the Holy Ghost is a person that relates to us as a person. That's why Jesus calls the Holy Ghost other names like advocate, counselor, guide, helper. The Holy Ghost is someone you can talk to. You know, something that the lord has been teaching me lately and this is this is brand new this is brand new teaching that 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 the holy ghost is teaching me your pastor okay this is fresh like 5 days fresh right he's been telling me this week it's not the holy ghost or the holy spirit it's holy spirit call The Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. In other words, let me put it in a sentence. One of the things that the Holy Ghost is is, is speaking to me about is when I talk about it, I don't put the in front of it. I don't say, you know, the Holy Spirit told me. No, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit told me. It's kind of like if if, uh, if I'm having a conversation with, with one of my kids, and I don't say, you know, the mom told me about your, what, you, what happened at school today. That's awesome. I don't say the mom. I say mom. Right? She's a person. She's not a thing. She's a beautiful thing, you know? But she's a person. The Holy Ghost is a person. I want to encourage you. That's just what the Holy Ghost has been speaking to me lately. I'm... I'm You're going to hear me kind of try to do that, but it's Holy Ghost, it's Holy Spirit. I would also encourage you to pray directly to the Holy Ghost. Call out the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Call out the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I call you, I call to you. Like when you enter your time of prayer, Holy Spirit, and a lot of times we go with, with God or, or Jesus, and, and those, are, those are great, and we want to pray in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. He talks about that, yes. But when you enter that time, the Holy Spirit is the one connected to your spirit, and it's the one connected to God the Father, to the Trinity. Holy Spirit is part of that Trinity. So call it by name and invite it in And actually, the Holy Ghost is the one that, if you've accepted Christ as Savior, he's the one that's living inside you. It's really the Holy Ghost. Jesus is actually in heaven preparing us for a place. Like he talked about earlier, we read. So he's up there. He's a general contractor. He's GC, right? GC Jesus. And he is overseeing all the building and projects of heaven. Right? And he knows what you love. He knows what kind of view you like. He knows to put your your um, sort of palace by 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 a lake where there's fish, you know, coming in, and then you know you don't have to use bait. You know, just put a net out there. Yes, you know, or the things you love to do. He just loves to create. He, I believe, he's doing that right now. And guess what? While he's doing that, you know who's here inside of us? It's the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but the Holy Ghost is it's part of the Trinity. It's all part of the same thing. So the Holy Ghost is a person. But the Holy Ghost is also power. So the Holy Ghost is a person, but he's also very powerful. Many, think, many people think of the Holy Ghost as a dove. As a dove. Why? Well, the Bible says Jesus that, it's, that it descended to Jesus like a dove when he was baptized. Is the Holy Ghost a dove? No. He descended like a dove. It's like when someone says, he's strong as an ox. Doesn't mean he's an ox. Right? Makes sense? He's strong as an ox. It doesn't mean he's an ox. Holy Spirit's not a dove, not this just sweet little kind of innocent dove. I mean, he's got power. He descended to Jesus like a dove. That's how we could sort of describe it. And Jesus even even said that. And uh, using English terms or or, or Hebrew and Greek terms, that's just the way he was able to describe it, kind of like a dove coming down. But but the Holy Ghost has power in our lives. And they all work together with the Godhead, God the Father and the Holy Ghost, or Holy Ghost, not the Holy Ghost. It's kind of like this, this example. You know water comes in three different forms. Water can manifest as three different forms, and the temperature is the thing that determines whether water will appear as a solid, a liquid, or a gas. Water's substance, its molecular structure, never changes, but its expression will change based on its environment or the temperature. In the same way, God's central makeup doesn't change. When you see the Son, you see the Father. When you see Holy Ghost, you see, you see the signs of, of Holy Ghost. It's signs of the Father and the Son. God is one in purpose, and yet he has three expressions or per- persons who perform unique functions. The Father operates or initiates. He initiates things. He operates. Jesus, the Son, administrates. We'll get more into this. And uh, and Holy Ghost manifests. The manifestation is seen through individual people and gatherings of people who walk in spirit, who walk in Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost manifests God and Jesus to where we can see it today. So Holy Ghost is, is, is a person. Holy Ghost has power, and Holy Ghost has a purpose. That purpose is part of that, that triune God that God had, has a specific purpose as a manifestation of what God is or who God is. He's a person, he has power, and he has purpose. You know, it's amazing how many Christians walk around as if the Holy as if Holy Ghost does not live inside of us. If you are a believer and yet feel discontented or something is missing, the Holy Ghost wants to tell you something. The Holy Ghost wants to tell you something. Holy Ghost is here today to let you know, look, you already have what you need inside of you. If you feel just bored with this faith, discontented, Irritable, frustrated, Holy Ghost is here to say, I'm here, I'm here, you just, you just got to connect with me, and that light is going to shine brighter, and let me manifest the power of God in your life, and in the lives of people around you, and this right here is what we're going to be talking about even more over the next few weeks, What does that look like? The manifestation of the Holy Ghost in our life. We're gonna look at several stories of what that looks like. As we look at Holy Ghost stories. But if you feel like there's darkness inside of you, maybe you haven't accepted Christ as savior. Maybe that light hasn't come in. And so I want to give you that opportunity right here in this place. So every head bowed, every eye closed if you could. I just, I want, I want Holy Ghost to, to speak to you right now. So first of all, I want to talk to those people who have accepted Christ as Savior. If you feel like that flame is just not really strong, But you remember accepting Christ. You've even been baptized. And you remember a day when it was strong. It was very, very bright. I want you to go into your life and your your files, and I want you to understand what are things that could be hindering or stopping the, the, the fullness, the fullness of the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life. What could be stopping that? Could be some disobedience in your life. Could it be walking in fear? Maybe doing things on your own power. It's easy to go that direction. And maybe just ignoring Holy Ghost, not inviting him into your day. I want you to just at this moment tell Holy Ghost. Talk, talk directly to Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Ghost, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not allowing you to move fully in my life. I'm ready to ignite the fire like Elijah against the prophets of Baal. Your fire came down on that altar. Holy Spirit, come down and light up my fire. Light up the faith inside of me. I need that fire growing strong. Help me Help me, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, help me. And if you're here today or maybe watching online, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, and you're like, Pastor Frank, I am so dark. There's darkness in my life so much that I'm even afraid to even talk to people about it. Your first step, obviously, is to admit that darkness. Second is to allow that light to come in. And the only way you do that is by surrendering your will to to Jesus. Believe on Jesus and invite him to come in and invite the Holy Ghost to come in and light that spark. Because there is a way for that to be lit inside you. You may not understand that, but he wants to. So you just say things like, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I surrender my will to you. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Holy Ghost, come into my life. Fill me up. Start this fire and help me. Help me to trust in you and to to know you as a person with power and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I want you to understand that this, um, again, this series is something that's going to last for several weeks, and uh, we're going to be visiting some some Holy Ghost stories today. was kind of an inter- introduction. You know, for a good ghost story, you kind of need a background, right? And that's what we did today. But I want you to understand kind of where we're going and that, the light inside you, God wants that to grow. Holy Ghost wants that to grow. Hey, on the back table, and as you, as you leave, we invite you. We've hand these out for a couple of uh, weeks now. We encourage you to, um, to take a, a pack of these invite cards. There are people who have darkness in their life, and they just need to be, you know, invited to, to, uh, to church. And so, to hear hear the gospel message, or maybe even just tune us in, uh, tune in online. But grab some of these, if you would. Uh, there's about 10 or so in a stack. And uh, just pass them out to people, neighbors, friends, uh, waitresses, all of that kind of stuff. And so, we'd love for you to uh, to do that. And you don't want to miss next week, as we continue in Holy Ghost Stories, uh, invite a friend and, and begin praying. Praying for God. Pray for Holy Ghost to light that fire, to to let that fire uh, rekindle and the work of revival coming into your life. It's only by prayer that that is going to happen. So you don't want to miss next week. We love you guys. We see you all later. Thank you so much.